as entrepreneurs, we want to make a difference. We want to build tremendous wealth by serving our customers, our clients well. We do that not for greed, but to deliver value to our customers and our clients to make a huge difference with our families and our communities. But I got to tell you, there's one challenge that most of us as entrepreneurs are not doing. It's having one of the most powerful conversations out there. And I have a remarkable financial advisor that's joining me today who's an extremely successful financial advisor, author, but most importantly, she's going to share with you how you can have the right conversation with your family so that it all comes together. See, we're in business, not for more business, not for more money, but for a great quality of life. We want it for ourselves, for our families, all stakeholders. Well, this conversation's going to help you accelerate your success even more. I'm John Bowen. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss this. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. Lori Sackler, I am so excited to have you here. It's, it is such, you know, you're doing such amazing work. We have the privilege of working together in, a, in our uh, uh, roundtable mastermind group. And uh, one of the things that became very clear to me is that you're a little different. You're starting a lot of conversations that most people don't. And, you know, and they, there's certainly no shortage of financial advisors. There's no shortage of wealth out there. And certainly among the successful entrepreneurs that, you know, we have the privilege of having part of AES Nation, they aren't having these conversations. And as a senior vice president at Morgan Stanley uh, Wealth Management and, you know, all the exposure, you, you not only have served your clients well, but you went ahead and wrote a book on how they could have these great conversations about the M word, money. You know, this is, I mean, most of us would be happier talking about sex and money, which is kind of, that's, that's an amazing thing. So, you know, let's go, Lori, you know, give me why you're so passionate about this first, a little bit of the background that how you got to there, because I want to make sure our fellow entrepreneurs really understand how they can have this great conversation because it's so empowering, not only for them, but in for their light and self-interest for their whole family. Yeah, you know, it was a journey because I um, started to experience both in my personal life, within families I was unrelated to, and in my business, <clears throat> families not having the conversation. And what I was witnessing firsthand was that not only the family relationships and conflict were being torn apart because they weren't having these important conversations, but the finances. So I started to think through this and, and I was trying to explore why, what's going on, why is this happening? And it turned out that I was fortunate to start reading some books and figuring out that there was a huge transition of wealth taking place, there's a 70% failure rate, and the main reason is breakdown in communication and trust. So a light bulb went on, I, went, I did my further research, found no real literature on examining why is this such a tough why is this the tough topic that nobody wants to go to? What is going on? And I found there was really nothing out there. So 
my passion beyond my clients was to put the, the word and the message out there and kind of help people get around this subject and so that they can, they can take the right course of action to help them preserve their family and their finances. Well, and this is so important for you know, people that have a business too, because what happens is you know, disruptive families, I mean, we what, three generations, uh, I forgot what it's, short sleeves or whatever, but you know, the- So long sleeves. Yeah, right. long sleeves, that's what it is. Yeah, the, the, you know, the whole concept is that when we don't have conversations, things can blow up. You know, we, they can blow up in our families, in our businesses, we can have divorces, we can have kids, you know, be estranged, we can have, uh, you know, certainly business partnerships blow up, not having this money conversation. And one of the things, before we turned on the camera, you and I were talking about some real world examples and using names, I don't wanna do that, but, um, Lori, you know, what are you seeing kind of broad base when people aren't having this conversation? What happens? Well, I, I have examples. I interviewed people all over the country. I actually interviewed advisors because I wanted to hear their life experiences. And just to give you one example, uh, and this is a really great example because it involves not even having the conversation, but not having professional advisors. So I refer to um, a character in my book. It's, you know, I protect the innocent by changing the names and circumstances. You know, Sam Zamansky. He was a, a doctor, a very successful doctor who had, had immigrated from Poland. Um, it, he was very quiet um, nature, didn't like to discuss personal issues, and certainly didn't have conversations with his kids around money. And came, uh, he and his wife were about to retire to Florida when she had a terrible car accident, was killed instantly. After, he, after, um, after her death, he decided to retire, moved to Florida, never employed financial advice, never had professional advice at all because he didn't want to pay a fee, which we hear a lot in our industry. Um, fast forward, he ends up connecting with a young woman, uh, you know, curvaceous and cute and adorable, and she sort of enters his life, and before you know it, there's a million dollars that's left his IRA account with her signatures. So the kids intercede and they decide it's time for us to figure out what's going on. And of course they realize, and even the advisor told me, we, if we had had the money talk up front and we had gotten the professional advice on top of it to get all the right vehicles in place, we could have protected the assets and at the same time protected their dad. So he felt enormously uncomfortable that he knew, he knew that the family didn't want to talk about it. He knew that his dad didn't want to talk about it, but he didn't have the courage or the skills know the process to be able to follow to do it and i hear these stories from all around well, the country. I, I, my guess is Lori, there isn't a family that doesn't have this i mean i i have all, my own personal situation as a kid growing up my father and uncle had a, a pretty successful uh cast iron foundry business and uh, you know i just thought i was a really comfortable kid <laughs> and then you know uh and you were well, I was, and I never had you know any conversation on this, and unfortunately, my dad didn't either, and uh, he uh, never had financial advisors. Nor my uncle. Something happened, and uh, I remember in my junior year getting a call saying the foundry's going bankrupt, my parents are getting a divorce, and oh by the way, good luck at college. You don't have a job, and you don't have any money. <laughs> uh, but you know, and, and it was right at that moment I decided to be a financial advisor, and it's really the passion that you know you and I have is that there's no reason not to have this conversation. So let's talk about how do we really kick this off? I mean, you, you know, 
how do we get people to even want to start doing this? Well, let me just tell you what the M word is about. So it's really an interactive guide and a detailed roadmap for, for having the conversation. Um, it, it, the M word journal uh, is the first book is a really, it's a five step process. The second, the M word journal is really an interactive guide and a focus on the how-to, so I, which includes collecting the financial information data. So I break it down into five steps. You really first have to identify what's the issue here, what's the transition point, I identify several that's going on, what do we need to talk about, uh, what are the financial issues at stake, and the second, the second uh, point in the process is to to identify what are the obstacles that are interfering with your family having the conversation. It could be trust, there could be issues around trust and control, we all see that. But I see four other primary issues that are going on, which is we see gender differences, the differences between the way uh, the male and female genders communicate, um, create investment strategies, and, and deal with uh, risk tolerance. We see family history uh, differences. We see some family history where there are members of the family that have a, a culture around having these conversations and planning, whereas others don't. Um, we also see um, what I would call evolutionary instinctual, which is um, really, for many, mm -hmm. about money is a real threat. I mean, money is seen, <clears throat> for many people, as an object of threat and control. And there are certainly evolutionary and DNA things going on that from which we can see that uh, conflict and then uh, the first, the fourth one, which is the obvious one, is what I would call cultural uh, social mores. So we see that, you know, going back to our history connected with our founding fathers, it's, it's, it's embedded in the language around money. There are many, many reasons why we just don't feel comfortable on that level as well. So the second point, the second step is to identify it. And I give some solutions on how to overcome them. Well, let me stop. I want to get make sure everybody's along with us here. So usually what happens, you know, as, as Laurie's sharing with us, is there's something going on in our life, some type of transition, whether it's retirement, whether it's, you know, uh, buying something new, business, what, something's going on that's causing us to go over, you know, and, and be willing to have this conversation. And then what I like about your the strategic way that you addressed it, and, and I'm big on systems and framing this, and this is where why I wanted to have you on, is you do such a good job of it you know, with your books, and we'll come back to the books to make sure everybody knows how they can get them, because it's having the tools to do this uh, just is so empowering. But instead of, you know, so often, particularly a lot of financial advisors just want to shoot solutions out, you're going to identify the obstacles first. And and we're going to name them. And, and one of the things as business people we're all good at is identifying obstacles. They jump out at us all over the place. And we can take a lot of the power away from them by putting them down in writing, you know, capturing them, you know, and, and understanding what they are. So we've got, okay, we're going to identify, you know, what's causing us. Okay, this is a great time to have a conversation. Something's going on, uh, some kind of life transition. We're going to identify the obstacles. What's, uh, Laurie, number three? Okay, number three is what I call prepare physically, psychologically, and logistically. So it really means um, figuring out what I call answers to the what, who, when, where, why, and how. You know, what do you need to talk, 
about who do you, who needs to be a party to the conversation? When is the best time to, ha to have the conversation and where? And why is it so important? This goes back to the first step, is identifying what's going on in the family. Is it an aging parent that's ailing? Is it transitioning to retirement and changes in cash flow or even preparing for a state, right? So it's understanding what are those, what, you know, identifying what you need to talk about and why, when, where, and ultimately how how to that is the big that's the big kahuna in the in the audience right is how do we actually conduct this and i take you through some very basic communication techniques about how to manage manage the conversation resolve conflict around emotional and psychological issues so that you can actually get through the talk and um and, and ultimately protect you and the family right okay and then the fourth step is what i call pick an advisor pick the right professionals this is a very daunting task it's difficult to do on your own communication is a skill set communicating about emotional psychological issues for many is a daunting task so i would always recommend find some help figure out who are the people that need to be a party to this conversation and what professionals make the right make the most sense for you and then the fifth step is is create a process you know you're not going to have success around the first meeting i mean everyone i've experienced personally and in my in my work as we walk people through these money talks you're setting the ground rules and you're setting the stage in the first go around you you know you'll set the agenda but you're going to before that money talk is over you're going to set another agenda and you're going to set another date so that you can have a process and then you need to follow through and repeat that process it's not an easy thing to do but i but i really i'm passionate about it. i think people need to understand the importance of doing it. so let's i want to dive deeper laurie into um you know, the process and how our fellow entrepreneurs can actually go ahead and make this happen a reality. But I, I want to give them a feel of, okay, I've gone through all this. What, ha what are the results? You know, we're all results driven. What are the results? When I have a, this conversation and then I have it so that I've, I've got an ongoing process that we're going to revisit this and we're going to stay on track and, and you know, really everyone's uh, up to speed. What's the benefit of that? Well, I think you're resolving whatever problem and issue you've identified in the first step. So, for example, maybe it's um, you have an, a, a health issue and you change your, you're changing your estate plan and you need to get your children on board. And, and the, ultimate, the ultimate benefit is you're going to have a peaceful and successful transition of your assets along the way. If it's at your death, You'll have all the instruments in place. People will know what their roles are, what the responsibilities are. If it's during your 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 life, they will understand what assets are coming to them, what the benefit, how they're to be used. I mean, I think it's very interesting that Warren Buffett, I've heard him speak on the subject, and he says he modifies his will and estate plan every three to four years, and he doesn't sign until the people who have roles and responsibilities understand what they are and are okay with them. I mean, we aren't Warren Buffett's, right? I mean, we are, we, he's in that 100th or 1 millionth of 1%. But at the end of the day, he's a wise person and he understands finances and he understands the importance of getting the players on board and making sure they understand what their roles are. Yeah, and it's, this is, you know, particularly as entrepreneurs, we our business and our lives are so mixed together that this is critical. And, and so I wanna go, let's go each of the steps. Um, well, an example, I mean, we talked about it in the beginning. I'm going to just bring it up. And 
Uh, I won't go to the, you know, who the individual is. We'll just call him Sam again. I'll use another Sam here. But, you know, the, one of the largest public companies in the U.S., um, the largest shareholder, the father, died unexpectedly. Not totally, you know, one of the things we're sure of is there's two, what, taxes and death and probably regulations. So three things anymore that as entrepreneurs we're all sure of. Died unexpectedly, had had three families, seven kids. Youngest one was only, the only one involved in the business. And he named that individual executor without ever telling anyone else. Um, at the reading of the will, that individual found out about it. To say the family was ill-prepared for that and the turmoil it caused and that they no longer even have Thanksgiving dinner together. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it, and I, I'm sure that individual, uh, you know, would not want that. And it's just, you know, we owe it to our families, to ourselves, because it's not only a death this is important, this is that life it's important too. So let's, Laurie, let's go through the processes again. I'm going to start on transitions. What are some of the transitions that are good at sparking these, the M-word conversation? Well, I, I identify five major. Uh, one is changes in financial circumstances. So it could be that you've changed jobs, um, maybe you got promoted, and so your, your change is a positive on the up, uptick. So those are the, the second one would be the big retirement, right? So people are retiring, and things change. Your financial picture changes. You know, we, it, I was speaking at the SIFMA conference yesterday, the you know, Securities Financial Management Conference, and that was a big topic of how people are worried about retirement. That you know, interest rates are low. They're worried about ha having enough. You know, that changes a lot of people's picture in terms of how they're going to allocate their income and their assets. And the family members, many of them, are going to be impacted by it. So that's a reason to have a conversation. Um, Long-term care issues, aging parents. That's a big. That's a big problem. The baby boomers. I call them the sandwich generation. I mean, I didn't coin the term, but I use it all the time because we're dealing with millennials who were trying to help launch many of us are part of that process while we have parents who are living longer and so we're having to deal with the, the, the their physical and financial health and how to manage that right and so that's a major piece and a lot of people and don't want to go to go to mom or dad and say hey you need my help i mean how tough is that for a parent to admit that they're going to let their kids they're going to become the child that is so not easy right um Another big issue is transitioning wealth, transferring wealth across generations. That's, um, that's where I originally got um, passionate about the concept because I witnessed in my family the, the absence of the money talk and, um, and how it broke, not my, it was not my immediate family, but cousins and how it, I mean, there are generations that will never talk to one another because the way the parents actually handle the estate. So that's a very important time to have the money talk and then I also talk about marriage and what I call merging families you know the divorce rate is 50% or greater and every time someone finds a new partner and wants to enter that new um, period of life there are so many conversations that you take like around making sure that not only the finances are merged but the family members are handled properly and the disparate values and goals and finances is very complicated so I talk about disclosure and conversation in advance so people understand what to expect. I mean, it's very important, but it's hard. It's a very difficult process for most people. It, it really is. And I think I'm going to skip obstacles because we covered that. 
pretty well. And I want to go into the prepare who, what, where. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, DC, we could have any of these transitions. Let's say elder, let's make it a little challenging, uh, Laurie, which most of it is, is, you know, an elderly parent uh, who's starting to maybe show dementia and a blended family. Now, who, how do you get that started? Because that's a pretty regular one. I'm thinking my, you know, one of my neighbors here that's going through that right now, and it's, it's challenging. Yeah, so that's, that's a tough, and of course you have to deal with the personalities of someone who's been in control of their life all the time. And, um, and, and I'm assuming that this person has more than, has multiple kids from two, more than one marriage, right? Yeah, and, and, and so it's like, and I don't want to solve the problem, but you know, bringing them, you know, who should be at this meeting? Who should have the conversation? Because you know, traditionally what it is is whoever, you know, probably the richest who seems the smartest, they go, okay, you take care of it or they take care of it and start and then it gets passed from family member to family member along the way. And everybody doesn't like each other by the end. Yeah, no, I think it's difficult. So typically there's one person in the family that's identified as sort of managing the process. And it's usually the, the one of the females in the family unit. I mean, there could be a man that steps up to the plate, but women tend to be more nurturing around these kinds of issues. Mm -hmm. So I, I'll give you an example. I had a guy contact me from Oregon and he, his mom um, was in her seventies, had had cancer and was resisting leaving her uh, apartment they needed to get her to a facility where she could get proper attention and care. And he actually went out, he, he actually went out and bought my M-word book, came to my office, had me sign all the copies, sent them to all of his siblings so they could be prepared for the meeting that he was conducting as part of a family reunion. So, you know, he was the eldest and he took over the responsibility and, he, and he's a great guy. You gotta be willing mm -hmm. to deal with all the family conflict too. So they had their first of many meetings of how to deal with mom. Now this was a situation where there are not multiple, you know, members, different mm -hmm. marriages. That makes it even more complicated because now you got to bridge all those different disparate family units. And but at the end of the day, he had success, and um, he did get his siblings on board to do different things. So you manage the process. You you distribute responsibilities. So someone's got to be in charge of finances. Someone else could be in charge of the physical care. Someone's got to oversee how she's doing and, and be able to be there physically. So the sister who lived in Oregon nearby took, took that responsibility. So it's a matter of someone in the family taking a leadership role and then bringing in the right professionals. He got in touch with his lawyer, I mean, her lawyer, her accountant. They had all the financial instruments in place ultimately. And now everyone just breathes better, you know? They know mom's gonna be okay and they know how they're gonna manage her physically and financially. Yeah, it's so important to do. And uh, having gone through it personally uh, with a stepfather, and uh, in my case, we ended up, I, because of my background, I helped on, you know, and then my stepsister was a very successful entrepreneur and the two of us, and you know, we continue to manage this. And it, and it's actually one of the things that I want to bring up, Laurie, it brought the family much closer together because that transparency, you know, the quality of conversation. You're so right. You know, if you can come to agreement on how to manage mom, and if you have these conversations where people actually, believe it or not, trust develops. I mean, if you put people together, you 
find solutions around sensitive topics, I do think it brings people closer to I have actually seen that repeatedly. So great comment. You know, it's really true. Well, and, it's, and, it, and I'm not going to say it's fun, but once you get past that heavy lifting stage, yeah. it does become. I mean, you know, we're, you know, we're definitely uh, it, it's made a big difference in our lives. And I've seen it in so many others. And that's why I wanted to have you here. Let's go to step four, though, the advisor. Who is the, uh, you know, how do you find the right advisor to help on this? Because, you know, this is, you know, as you and I know, so many of the financial advisors, I mean, there's over 400,000 financial advisors. Many are, you know, good at investments. But, you know, when we talk about relationships and everything, that's, that's not what they signed up for. They're going to be more uncomfortable than the family. Yeah, you know, but here's where I'm going to give you a plug. CEG, that's the solution for advisors. I and mean, if they can get their arms around the comprehensive consultative approach where you're, you're, you're doing your discovery process, you know what the issues are. What are the health issues? You know what the estate looks like. You understand wealth transfer, protection, et cetera. I mean, this is not meant to be an advertisement for you, but I think that it is because at the end of the day, Advisors who adopt a process where it's very, very comprehensive will be able to be the quarterback. And I, I advocate for that. Someone has to be the quarterback because you need to bring the accountant in. You need to bring the attorney in. If it's an aging parent, you may need a case manager. I recently had a client scenario where we found a case manager to help her resolve some issues. A mental health professional, you, we may need coaching and, and some counseling. Um, how about a geriatric doctor? I mean, or a medical internist, there are all kinds of professionals. But at the end of the day, you need to identify who who are the players, who are the advisors who need to be a part of this. And then you figure out, you know, what is the best time to bring them in, what are the issues, et cetera. But you, you can't do this alone. You just no, can't. this is so complicated. And uh, I, I, I just, you know, I'm a reasonably intelligent guy on financial matters, and I found out how hard it was to deal with some of the uh, challenges of dementia and uh, I won't go into the personal complexities that came up out of it, but wow, this is, you know, this is something so important. And this is, you know, step five, this is why I wanted to have you on, Laurie, and uh, it's creating a process. And let me go, I'm going to go to the next segment, which is the book of the day and your book. And let me put, I'm going to put your uh, website up, which for those of you who are, uh, not watching, but listening. It's at themword.com. The and Laura, you have two books up there, The M Word and The M Word Journal. And, and uh, tell us about both of these, because when we talk about process, to me, this is, you know, when you try to, if you don't have framing, this is where people make mistakes. This is a tough conversation. By having the framing, whoa, it becomes, you know, that much more easy. Yeah, so, okay, so the first book is the M word, the money talk every family needs to have about wealth and their financial future. And that book basically focuses on why it's such a daunting task, and, and, but yet why it's so important to have these conversations. It makes the compelling arguments for having the conversation, and it outlines the five-step process. The M word journal is a more of an interactive guide, a workbook. I've even actually added coloring a coloring workbook component to it so that adds a little you know balance to the levity of the situation and it focuses on getting you through each step so managing ident identifying the financial information that needs to be a part of the conversation 
um, being very aware and really through the interactive guide, identifying the obstacles that are in your particular situ situation that you need to overcome, how to manage the psychological, emotional, and resolve conflict. I talk about that, steps for resolving conflict. And then ultimately, you know, making sure that you have the right advisors and um, you, you repeat your process until you have that success you need. So it really allows the client to focus on the how-to and, and actually interactively share with their families the, the Q&A that I created in a very kind of decision tree way. No, I, I really love it, Laurie. And that's, I mean, I think the book was phenomenal, but the journal's even better. And the, the reason why the journal's better is, as you and I know, is you know taking action. It's all about taking action to get the results you know, we all want to have, you know, successful families. We want to have successful businesses. We want to make our den in the universe out there. And this allows us to do it because, you know, we know we should have the conversation. We recently did a survey of uh, successful business owners, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but, you know, the, the percentage that their estate plans are real old <laughs> and they're a lot wealthier, their family situation has changed. You know, it's just, we, we, these are things we put off. Well, boy, if we take action and start making this happen, it, it's going to, it'll just, you know, you're going to be so happy because, you know, for most of us, this is one of those things in the back of the mind that we know we should do, but we just never get around to doing it. Yeah, you know, after I wrote the first one, the comments I got from people around the country and even the New York Times Review mentioned we need more focus on the how-to. We need more help. So I spent over a year trying to figure out all these steps because there's so many steps. There's only so many details to getting you successful. And I'm hoping, look, I'm sure I didn't think of everything. I, I'm hoping that at least engage people in the process. You know, they have to get started somewhere. And um, I don't think there's anything like this out there. And I'm just hoping that through your podcast more people will well, know about and, it. Well, and this is not only know about it, but to actually execute on it. So let me go and share my key takeaways here. Okay. So key takeaways that are just so important for all of us. I mean, if we're going to take, you know, get value out of spending the time together, it's taking action. And this is one that it's so easy to put to the side is to have that money conversation. And what we want to do is we want to recognize, okay, when there's something, you know, some kind of transition going on in our life, let's go ahead and take that, whether, you know, it's a business situation, personal, whatever it is. And more likely than not, if you're an entrepreneur, there's something going on that you should have it. And so we're going to, we're going to first identify that transition. Second, we're going to acknowledge the obstacles. I always like to write them down even better. Use the M word journal. You know, it's got all the tools, everything to do that identify, put a name on it. It kind of, when you, when you do that, it takes the obstacles and takes them away rather than having them in our mind, fighting with them and then prepare. Yeah. Who, what, where we've got all the tools in your journal, but it's, you know, who should be there and it's, and who in the family, where should you do it? What, and have that framing, use the journal, uh, the advisor, I got to tell you, I'm looking at my notes, the advisor, this is so important to have someone who is looking at the big picture versus just investments, 
who's there, you know, kind of a, a term we use as a personal chief financial officer, uh, much like we as entrepreneurs have CFOs for our businesses. We're going to have somebody who's kind of helping to facilitate the other experts that are needed that Lori shared with us. And, and then, you know, create a process. You know, I'm going to encourage you to actually, I'm going to change it. Don't create a process. Just get the journal, <laughs> the M-Word journal and, and do it because, you know, you're too busy and this is stuff we'll put off if we have to create the process. Use the process that Lori has. Lori, I, I want to thank you for taking the time and energy to, you know, not only join us, but to put all this work in that's going to make a difference in so many people's lives. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. You're, you're, I appreciate you helping get the word out. It's not an easy conversation to have, and not everybody's receptive to it. So we, had, we need to push it out there a little well, bit. Well, and, and the, the thing that I want to keep on coming back to is the end result. The result of having the conversation is so freeing and so good, and it brings families together. And it's, that's the most powerful. So, you know, right above me, you see AESNation.com. Uh, you can go there. We'll have a full transcript, the show notes, uh, the links to Lori's books, and your family. They're really counting on you. Don't let them down. Go make it happen. Have the M word conversation. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com